new from Metal Blade Records this July. Germany's Mantar are back with their new album, Pain is Forever, and this is the end. Fans of Midnight and Iwata will immediately latch onto Mantar's approach to extreme music. Vocalist guitarist Anno Kleinhardt offered this comment at the end of the band's bio for this album. There were times where I literally wanted to destroy all my music and myself with it while making this record, and I destroyed a lot of equipment making it. Maybe it was all worth something. We are still here, and that really does mean something after that ride. Fans can get their hands on this new slab of riffs from Mantar, guys. Pain is forever, and this is the end on July 15th. Listen now and watch at MetalBlade.com slash Mantar. Also, Canada's Wake are ready to unleash their Metal Blade debut, Thought Form Descent, and that's arriving July 22nd. The band describes the new album as a place to reconsider what extreme means. The words brutal, crushing, devastating, or overused adjectives for extreme music. We wanted to force people to confront the idea that brutal or extreme ideas aren't just blast beats or angular tritones. Or, more importantly, brutal elements alongside pointedly passive elements can create their own experience that can channel both and neither. Canada's Wake, their Metal Blade debut, Thought, Form, Descent, is coming out July 22nd. Listen for yourself right now. Metalblade.com slash wake. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Jocelyn Sharp, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody out there? It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I'm always joined by... <coughs> Sorry. Me, it's Sylvia. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's the Sylvia. And also make sure to follow our other co-hosts, two of them. That's Jocelyn Sharp at J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. She is at the Wizard of Jaws, J-O-Z on TikTok. And of course, Brandon Hahn at Your Buddy Gooch on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram this week. Oh, throw another one in my bucket list. One of my favorite bands of all time, man. One of my favorite artists. Millie from Creator is my guest on the show, man. We are here to celebrate the new record, Hate Uber Alice. It came out this uh, last week, guys. It is out now. Make sure you're picking it up. I've listened to it nonstop since I've had it. And uh, like all Creator records, pretty much, I'm just, I'm in love. I'm in love. So hang in there, guys, for that interview. I know. I know. Thrash metal (laughs) and me. Heart. Heart. But before we do that, guys, me, Sylvia, we're going to chat a little bit about that Metal Sucks news. First story. Now, this story has a build up to it. It's got a build up because me, you, Brandon, Jaws, every metal person out there, rock podcast, everybody has had an opinion and spoken about the stadium tour with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jet. Whoa, right? Whoa. I'm going to backtrack. Nostalgia. Yeah, boom. 80s. Yes, Stranger Things Season 4 Motley Crue Tour. <laughs> right, so. uh, by, by the way, it's a complete side note. Season 4. Whew. 
Is it bad God, or good? I love that show. Oh, it's good. Yeah, that's I, great. I have. I know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I'm, I'm on season two, episode four. <laughs> so, oh, well, I'll get there. I think I'll you, get there. You would love that. You'll love the metalhead on there on season four, Eddie Munson. He's I, just. I love him so much. I saw the story where he had a Dio like vest, and it was like when yeah, Dio and, gave it a thumbs his, up. And Dio's wife, yeah, and Dio's wife uh, is said Dio would have loved him. Oh man, I'm all about it. That's that's what I'm. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Dio. Hence, my second son's name is Dio. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think I think you love Dio a lot. <laughs> well, you name your kid after a. A fantastic lead singer. It shows that you care about him. Yes, Ronnie James Dio. You There's are a little bit of love there. Amazing. Um, Motley Crue now from Amazing mm-hmm. from Dio, who till the end of his life, we've seen him live, gave the audience and the fans some of the greatest heavy metal shows of all time, vocals, everything, to who we're talking about now. Now let's I'm gonna take it back, Sylvia, because we talked about this for two years. We made predictions <laughs> two years about this. Two and a half now? I don't know. A long I time. Think, well, yeah. Uh-huh. So when it was first announced, our podcast was like, nobody's going to buy stadium. A stadium is not going to get filled by this show. No, I way. remember that conversation. Remember? <laughs> we said that. I do. It was a very rainy day. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, foreshadowing what was to come. The moon <laughs> was a half moon. Uh, half moon, yeah. Half moon. Half moon. And then the next week after tickets went on sale, we were like, well, fuck, we were wrong. People do yeah. want to see. We kind of well, we kind of felt like assholes a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And the reason, though, for people that don't know why we were like, who's going to see Molly Cruz? Because I, I'm just going to bring it out. Vince Neil doesn't try. There's backing tracks. We saw them on their final tour, and it was a decent show. But it's like, dude, you guys went out as as on top as you possibly can. With Vince mm-hmm. Neil being Vince Neil right now, and that was that. So them reuniting, everybody was like, "Vince Neil, what are you guys gonna do with him?" And then what did they sell to us? Do you remember what they sold to us on Vince Neil before this tour would happen? Mm, I well, I kind of remember them saying that he was wasn't he like working out mm-hmm. or like you know getting his his voice like tip top shape. He was gonna be in the best shape he's ever been. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was gonna bring it for the stadium because he can't let the fans down no No, this is the stadium tour the stadium tour stadium right they sold the tickets even though i had doubts they sold them right so then covid happens not molly Cruz's fault but more time passes more time for vince neal to get in shape for the tour yeah, and everything is closed. The world shut down, so there's no distraction, no distractions, nothing keeping him from being in the top, the tip-top shape of his life. He's got the dollars. He's got the dollars to yep. have a home gym and be like, "I got this." Mm-hmm. All you know, and and you know, he's up there, so we're not expecting him to look like an Adonis or anything like that. But just you know, no, if, he's well into his fifties, so he can't expect you know that from him. But if he, but, you know, off, hire a, a vo- hire yeah. a vocal coach, mm-hmm. get that that you know, voice ready. That's a great idea. Shave off. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm not even going to be mean about it. 15 pounds, maybe? Just about. Be, well, yeah. Look a little, little more slender, not... A little more tight, little, I guess. A little bit. Not, yeah, like nobody's expecting you to be like, look, I lost 70 pounds or craziness, right? No, that's too much. We're not asking a lot. 
and then have that voice to just be just for live wire that's the only song we want to hear you sing <laughs> yeah you know what? instead of saying <laughs> instead of saying you know maybe just sound a little bit more uh i guess audible yeah yeah okay so well he had the time Step one of the stadium tour. Show one. I'm sorry, not step one. Show one. I say step because to me, this is 60 steps of news stories that are going to be bad, right? <laughs> this stadium tour happens. Yeah. Joan Jack comes out there. Yeah, stadium talks, tour. Right? Poison comes out there. No backing tracks. Ooh. Sound great. Good job, Poison. And then the next band on the bill was Def Leppard, but... Motley Crue comes out <laughs> instead. What? Wait, what? So the headliner. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let's they go. Were like the in like the the flyers and everything, it was like Motley Crue was like the main act. Like mm. they're not an opening act. Yeah. So I guess the crowd's like, all right. So they open. Well, they were like a, a feature. Like, they were acting like a supporting act. Yes. So on the first show in Atlanta. So. Um, okay, but now, you know what? They're all out. They're all out of them. You know, out, out into the crowds. They're playing. What happens? In fairness, if I may, uh, the weather was gonna be rainy, so maybe okay. Motley Crue and their crew was like, you know what? We got to have a little bit of foresight because we are not gonna play in the rain. We're gonna make Def Leppard do that. We're gonna play when it's like partly cloudy and not raining that heavy. Do you think? Okay. I mean, still kind of. I mean, I made that up. I but, ma- I ma- yeah, I made that up. But I mean, do you think that might have been <laughs> part of it? I, it was rainy in Atlanta, but do you, may, maybe you want to give him that. I mean, Dewey, that's that's a dick thing. Yeah, but I get it. Egos, egos. So that's plausible. Motley Crue follows Poison, right? Who yeah. you know sounded great, even though I'm not a fan of Poison personally. But, you know, you give people credit that they came prepared and they're professionals. Now, the one. Yeah, and then Brett Michaels, was he, you know, he's, he's still, still a good looking guy. So he still kind of got it. He's, he's still got the voice uh, that he has. I'm not saying he is a DO type of voice, but, you know, when you have a voice uh, like Brett Michaels doing, you can hit those parts. He's still there. You know, he's still there. He's okay. So, no, no. He did his part, is what you're saying. I, absolutely. Abs- he gave that stadium poison. <laughs> The way poison should have been given. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) He gave that stadium, you know, right in the ears. So so mediocre the way you put it. That's where you give him poison in the ears and the eyes. They did it great. So the the crew steps on. Now, the highlight for me, and I don't know if it's a lot of fans, but the highlight for me every time Motley Crew steps on that stage is Tommy Lee. You know, Tommy Lee, yeah, the uh, roller coaster. Dude, the roller coaster, he is a badass drummer. I know he's playing his yeah. instrument. He has that just, he is sleazy. I feel like I can catch something just watching him, being close by him. Um, it's it's great. I love everything about Tommy Lee. But on the first show of the stadium tour, Tommy Lee only played five songs. So that now, what? okay, let's, let's just go down the list. So now they, they go on before Def Leppard. Tommy okay. Lee only plays five songs and says he broke four ribs, so he can't play anymore. So Tommy, uh, uh, cl- wait, how did? Okay, go ahead. He just drummed, right? He drummed through five songs with broken ribs. Yeah, five. Is he that fragile that he broke ribs? 
uh, four ribs. Uh, so to I me, mean, yeah, it, it could have. I I don't know, but if you <laughs> if you take out Tommy Lee, for I saw Motley Crue and I want to say like it was on the new Tattoo Tour, maybe before, maybe it was two thousand one. I can't remember ninety nine something like that. And uh, huh. the drummer from Hole, the old female drummer from Hole, I think her name was Patty something, was playing. And mm-hmm. uh, and this was a Mandalay Bay Event Center, so you know. Did- did she break ribs? She didn't break ribs. Um, but no Tommy Lee was really not – it didn't work for me. I mean, I'm not a huge – for me not being a fan of Motley Crue, I've seen them like f- four times, right? <laughs> I know. It's wow. weird. Well, it's like I'm not going to miss out. If it's, it was like free tickets, I'm not going to miss out. You know, oh, okay. Well, sure. Show, you know? um, I had to pay for one of them, actually. So they're not all free tickets. Oh. But the point is um, – yeah, so I was like, no, I need Tommy Lee there. He's just such an important part, you know? I don't know. There's something just, you know, awesome about him to me, right? And so five show, five songs he leaves, and, uh, you know, the amazing drummer Tommy Klutafos, I think is his name. He was the guy that filled up, uh, <laughs> replaced Bill Ward when I saw Sabbath and at the end tour and all that stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe he's in the Dead Daisies. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, he's, he's in a lot of bands. He put out a solo record called Tommy's Rock Trip. Cool guy, good album. So support him. He steps in, and now five songs in, Vince Neil's not in shape. Tommy Lee's not on stage, okay? And we are continuing on with this show. This is day one. Um, oh, my God. This already sounds like a disaster. How's the rest of the tour going to be? Man, I don't know. Is Motley Crue just going to... I wonder, how many... Do we know how many tours they have, like tour stops they have? Yeah, they, dude, it's like a, uh, it's all the way till the last show is here in Vegas and it's like August 19th. So okay. it's, it's, let's just so say do you think 40 like halfway, days. Yeah. Halfway through the, the tour, Motley Crue is just going to completely drop out. Uh, like, do you think that's a po- that could be a possibility? If this is the first day. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm, I will, I'm a betting man. And since, um, you know, I will bet you. COVID will take out half these shows from Motley Crue, but it won't really be COVID. They're just going to say that. <laughs> so, <gasps> Scandal. Everybody out there that's, that's doing that right now, you're a dirty person that's not going to work and pretending you have COVID. Motley Crue is going to pull that number. You guys are you guys are just like the crew. Watch what happens. <laughs> 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 what do you think? Or maybe, maybe they will really. I mean, obviously that's happening to bands touring across everywhere and COVID's got an uptick now in the summer. Um, so maybe they really will. But um, because they can't. But you think so- COVID in some way is going to get is going to be involved. Yeah, I do feel like I do feel like this tour is going to be like the. Uh, I think it's just going to keep going, and um, I don't know, man. I I don't think it's going to turn out well. But as a fan and all these people that bought tickets for the stadium show, I mean, again, how are you not like I I you knew right? Did did you not yeah. expect it to be kind of shenanigans with these dudes? Um, no, probably. Who knows? Maybe a lot of them aren't even going to see Motley Crue. Maybe the majority of them are there just to see Def Leppard or Poison or Joan Jett. I've seen I I've seen Def Leppard live, and it was uh maybe like ten years ago, fifteen. They were doing uh Hysteria in its entirety, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. 
And I'll tell you right now, I remember looking around. I was like, why is there only like seven guys here? It was all women. <laughs> women love Def Leppard. That's all I know from Vegas. I don't know. It's not the truth. But I mean, it was like a packed house of women for Def Leppard. And um, but do you think that if they would have switched around, so instead of Motley Crue, Def Leppard was the main act, do you think it would have the, um, I guess, the drawing the power? Popularity. Yeah. I, it, I, I doubted Motley Crue had this kind of popularity for a stadium. I'll be honest. Like, well, like I see Guns N' Roses, I see Metallica, I see I don't see Motley Crue on the same I just don't. No. You know, but, but obviously I, they well, are, you know. Didn't they do this like right after their movie came out? I think they announced the show because of the popularity of that movie. And yeah, that's, that's how long saying, ago like, it's it, been. Yeah. So it's like the relevancy is not really is that a word? Relevancy? I, I yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, you don't have to cut that out. No, I'm go- not going to. The, you're being re- revel-tastic. I mean, and and re- revel awesome. I mean, these are words. Relevance. Relevance. Yeah, a- the relevance. It's kind of like dimmed down a lot. I mean, like even in the first year that it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like. Uh, Take someone like Ozzy, right? Ozzy's, he just recovered from some surgery. Thank God he's okay. Everything's good. We're all, there's positive news, news. awesome stuff. But if you've seen him in his 70s and his 60s when Black Sabbath was doing the end and stuff like that, the dude was pro. He was on it. He did the best he Mm -hmm. could. You could, like, just saw Rob Halford. I just saw Judas Priest. Thank you, Sylvia. And, uh, dude, Halford, yeah, he's not hitting the notes like he was, but man, he is the presence. He is out there he's doing it sounds great i think you know prepared pro yeah you know well because they know what they're doing they know that people i mean and right now with everything being so inflated they know that it's that people might have made sacrifices to come to the show so of course they're going to give it their best they're going to make it worth it they're gonna be like oh they're gonna make those people think oh man i everything that i you know sacrificed or whatever i had to do whatever it was worth it Dude, I I am disappointed. Not Molly Crew. They Not could give crew. two shits. Yeah, they and that's the thing is that this was a cash grab to me, and they got the cash. They're running with it. Um, Nikki Six and McMars. I just I don't I don't see them making it the whole show. I mean, if this was the first tour date, the first show, mm-hmm. and Tommy Lee Didn't weirdly breaks four fucking ribs. How do you break four ribs? How fragile are you? He was and wor- then Vince Neil yeah. is like a little chunk of monster singing. You know, you can't even understand what he's singing. And then they're not even headlining. Yeah. That's not fair to the audience. It's not fair to the audience. Um, but I, the audience should have known. I'm kind of like, you guys knew this was going to happen. And, and to, to end it on a positive note, because there's going to be more stories. We're going to talk about this again. I promise you, people. <laughs> I promise there will be another headline within the week. Oh, man. Of, or or some video. 8, so of, today's June 18th. Yeah. And, you know, if we're saying if they don't make it, you know, halfway or like they cancel back out somehow, we called it June 18th. We called it June 18th, yeah. And maybe Motley Crue will be right again like they were about selling tickets to the stadium show. So, hey, you know what? So far, Motley Crue's got like three on us, and we've got zero. Every time we call them out, they they seem to pull it off, and the people 
do the opposite of what That's we say. That's true. So we'll, we'll, right and now we, we're losing. <laughs> right, and then we end up being the jerks. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, to the Motley Crue fans. To everybody else, they're like, no, nah, you guys <laughs> are right. <laughs> everybody else agrees with us, but bro. Well, you know what? We're... I think we're we're big enough to be like, you know what? We're wrong. We don't like it. We hate that we were wrong, but we were wrong. And I want all... Dude, that <laughs> stadium show, all these people are getting paid, like, you know, all the venues, all these... I mean, it's it's a, it's a you know, great entity for all the, the, the techs, everybody. So it's a fantastic thing. I just yeah. really, really wished that they took it seriously this time. That's mm-hmm. all. I just really wish they're like, you know, this is it for us. Let's give these people the hits and just fucking try. You know, because the expectations are low. Yeah, the expectations are low, especially for Vince Neil. Let's be honest. The expectations are like dirt low for Vince Neil. If he (laughs) just like a little bit of effort, like you said, the crowd would be like, bro, I'll remember that forever. Mm -hmm. But he's like, fuck Mm -hmm. it. I'm going to go do dollar loan center commercials. (laughs) I'm so mad at that. But give him like the audience the experience. Like give him a good experience. If you're going to be doing this, at least make it worthwhile. Now the experience that they have was, oh, Vince Neil is a chunk. He can't sing. Fucking fragile Tommy over there just broke four ribs. And they're not even headlining. True. <laughs> but yeah, at, at they, least, you I know, mean, what if, like... <laughs> and they're not even headlining. Technically, they are on, on the billboard. <laughs> not even, but I wonder if that was kind of like a uh, a little, you know, that was good for some people who were like, oh, I don't want to say it until, like, I don't know how, how late. I, you know? They're like, oh, well, I I plan on leaving after Motley Crue anyway, so this is perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I the old the older folks like myself, I dude, there's no way I, I wouldn't watch Def Leppard, but I mean, I think a lot of people are like, cool, I can go. I'm completely with. You, yeah. So. Moving yeah. on until next week <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we have to rehash this with a new thing, you know, when when uh, Nikki Six burns somebody when he does his little flamethrower act or something, something of that nature. Jeez. The next, uh, the next story. Probably he's probably gonna burn Tommy Lee. So Tommy Lee's like, I'm out. <laughs> right? like, I'm out. Yep. Tommy, this is this is my sign. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I got burned this time, so I'm good. I only have to play five songs uh, for this whole tour and get the paycheck. Next story, real quick, guys. Before our interview with with Millie, we went kind of long on that. So, but uh, we did. We, you know, we have so much rage for Motley Crue. Apparently, I dude, I need. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that, dude. We gotta, you gotta come correct in this scene. You gotta come correct. Yeah. Man. We're not mean, but you can't do shit like this. You can't do it. No. But I guess you can actually, because obviously it's happening. <laughs> Dragon Force's uh, yeah. Herman <laughs> Lee. Love Herman Lee. Dragon Force. Just saw them recently. What a fun show it was. It was with them. Visions of Atlantis. Seven Spires. And uh, ooh, I forgot the next band. Was that all? No, no, no. It was cool. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Gus G's Firewind what the fuck I just yeah I just saw him fantastic live show great guitar players I love it all and the point is is that he said something now I love it when people do this to me when I'm interviewing them they say something where I could be like can you explain what you meant by that because that's not oh, true dang. that's not true sir um, this is what he said I'm just gonna read the headline then I'll give him his explanation is that um, Kurt Cobain was one of the best guitar players in the world all right, you guys get that? You guys, you guys, take that in. In the world, okay. And this is, this is, and, and the interviewer, good interviewer, is like, all right, elaborate, because <laughs> I would say Herman. Yeah, you're a better guitar player than Kirk. Let's let's elaborate on that, okay. And this is what he said. 
A lot of people ask me all the time, who do I think is the best guitar player in the world? And I come up with different answers all the time. I say, well, Kurt Cobain is one of the best guitar players in the world. And they just go, oh my God, what are you talking about? I thought you knew something, Herman. And I say, well, he inspired millions of people to play guitar. He connected with them. So obviously the feeling and expression is way more important than how fast and how many notes you can play in key. If you're a jazz master or whatever, if you can't connect with somebody, it's a different thing. Sometimes the simplest thing is probably the most important thing, and we learn to do complicated stuff because when you're young, you impress your friends. It's kind of cool. You're flexing a little bit. Okay. First, oh, okay. first off, let's, let's, I'm not going to break it down too much, but do you feel that Kurt Cobain inspired millions of people to play guitar? I mean, I would think that well, I'm kind of just seeing like the resurgence he has on like today's younger generation. Um, so, I mean, I guess I could see that, you know, back in the nineties. Um, I, I can, I'll get on that train with him. Okay. I, I don't, I, I'm not mad at it. I know. I'm not, I'm not, no, Herman's great. I'm not saying anything negative, but I don't feel like yeah. people saw Kurt Cobain playing guitar and said, give me that shit. Well, maybe, mm. I maybe feel like Slash, too... you know, you're like, whoa, look at that motherfucker. I want to be like that dude. Like, I feel like they're... Well, maybe like... You know? Go ahead. It's it's more so starting a band. E- e- I, okay, I agree with that. Starting a band, writing maybe songs. Maybe not so much like... Yeah, maybe not so much um, pick up a guitar, but definitely like whether it's playing the drums or whatever instrument or singing, maybe it's just to start a band. In his theory... Who's a better guitar player, Dave Grohl or Kurt Cobain? I would say Dave Grohl. I agree in his theory because I also don't feel that people, are, a lot of people, are like, let me pick up the guitar and play like Dave Grohl. They might want to sing, no, and no, do no. the whole package. I, I give them that, but like mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen's, Dimebag Daryl's, you know, like these guys are the like Steve Vai's oh, or Steve like the Slashes. I think Nita Strauss, think those, if I may, you know, people like that, dude. But also. Because those those guys had the they don't they didn't need to sing, just their persona and the the character that they brought onto the stage, mm-hmm. along with playing the, the guitar. I think that's what want to make someone play the guitar or pick up a guitar. You know, like oh, I want to be like Slash. I want to have a top hat. I want to have like a little cigarette hanging from my mouth. Like I or I want to be like you know Eddie Van Halen and having, you know, this big old smile and just like shredding on the guitar. Like I can understand those people inspiring someone to pick up a guitar. Like, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Kurt about Cobain, and I love Kurt Cobain. I, I love Nirvana. I have a Kurt Cobain t-shirt, which proves that I love Kurt Cobain. Oh no. I, nothing bad to say about Nirvana. I love Nirvana. We talk about uh, but I Nirvana just, in the interview, me and Millie, which is coming up guys in a couple minutes. Um, yeah, dude, no, nothing bad to say that, but I don't, if someone yeah. got a Kurt Cobain poster on the wall, I don't think it's going to be him playing guitar where it's like Eddie Van Halen or Dimebag. It's, the guitar is like their arm. No, maybe it's more so the, um, I guess the ideology that Kurt Cobain had or just the, his persona. You know what I think it is? Th- that, mm. I think that too many people have asked the same question to Herman. And he's just like, bro, I'll just give different answers every time. <laughs> you know, so. No, I mean, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mean, it is smart. I think it is smart. Yeah. I mean, being, being on the end of the uh, of being asked questions, I can't imagine you hearing the same questions over and over and over until you're like, let me just do something different to make it fun. Yeah, and that's what I think. Well, how about him? How about Kurt Cobain? He made people, and maybe he did make people pick up guitars, dude. I, you know, I'm not. 
I'm not saying he didn't. I just, I, to my, to my knowledge, I just would be like, no, I just feel like, uh, you get impressed by those that are like superhuman on an instrument. Yeah. You get impressed by, holy shit. Did you just see Chris Cornell's voice come out of that? And you're like, I want to be a singer. Cause yeah. that's what's special about them. Um, but, you know, Kurt Cobain was a, a package deal. I just don't, I wouldn't put the instrument next to him. He did play the guitar. Absolutely. I'll give him that. <laughs> so. I think, I just think when you think of, um, when you say guitarist, Kurt Cobain may not be the first person that comes to mind. You no. would think like Eddie Van Halen or like Slash. No, or, it, it, or Prince. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Like, like Prince, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's people out there, you're like, Jesus, I want to be able to do that. That's sexy. Yeah. Kurt Cobain yeah. didn't play that Kurt guitar. Kurt Cobain sexy. wasn't sexy with his guitar. Mm-mm. Was not sexy with his guitar. Absolutely. Was not sexy with his, his guitar. R.A.P. But. Yeah. And I think that that, I think if, if me and you have learned anything, in order for you to make millions of people pick up a guitar, you got to be damn sexy with it. And you got to just dance suggestively with your guitar. Absolutely. <laughs> That's how you play the guitar. <laughs> Gary King does it really, really sexy, <laughs> but he does in his own like macho way. You know, it's like, he does. You're like, oh, dude, I want to be able to just, you know, anyways, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just picturing him trying to dance sexy. I don't know, man, but I mean, I've seen Kurt Hammett solos and I'm like, yeah, there's a sexiness there. There's something there. He's doing, he's doing a little sexy yeah. solo. And there's like the charisma. Yeah. Even with the gray hair now, it's even sexier. Like old man, sexy solos. Right. Old man sex. Okay. okay. Oh, well, actually, you know what? That doesn't sound right. No. 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 Solos. Because, like, I don't know. That's. I don't know. I think that might just be me and my dirty mind. Mm, you know, I didn't go there. But I did now. <laughs> <That's> right. <unreal. laughs> you know, my, all I know is two things. Who, who, who made people pick up guitars more? Mick Mars or Kurt Cobain? Go. And then we'll move on to the interview. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm giving it that to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> one, so, there you go. I, don't, I, don't, I think Mick Mars always just hung out in the back and said, I'm getting the money. I, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> you know, like, so. I don't want to be a dick, but it was, and maybe because like 80s hair metal was not, it's not my genre. I didn't grow up with it or whatever. I never really had a, a huge interest, but is he memorable? His guitar licks? Mm-hmm. Livewire. I always go back to Livewire. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> but like in general, like was, was he my or did he just like hang out in the back? It's they hung out in the Is back. Is that being a dick? No. Maybe mean. No. Oh. If if I if I was if I was a band member in Motley Crue, I'd want to be Mick Mars. I'd all I'd be like, dude, let me be Mick Mars. Let me just be the guy in the back. Let them do all the stupid shit and let nobody talk about me or interview <laughs> me or do anything. And I will gladly take this money. And I'm good. I would love to be Mick Mars. I would hate to then be all the other a, guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's a smart one. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's, that's by default. Yeah. I, sometimes the silent one is the smart one. So. Okay. With that, guys, write an email, rise to offend at gmail.com. Let us know if you go to the stadium tour how it was for you or if we're complete assholes. You know, let us know. I love to respond to stuff like that, especially when we're being negative <laughs> about something that uh, I we, 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 we're kind of being like, we told you so negative too, because we're a little yeah. chip on our shoulder. We, we told you so. Yeah. That's kind of like the worst negative. That's the most annoying kind of negative. Yeah. We're being the most annoying kind of negative, and you're listening to us. <laughs> Thank you, Sylvia. with that here's a word from our sponsor guys right before my interview with the one and only millie from creator 
Hey, Mealy, how you doing, buddy? Very good, man. Very good. How are you? Good, good, dude. Good. I'm having my coffee here. Uh, waking up a little it's bit. Morning in, it's, it's, it's in the morning in, in Las Vegas. You're calling from Las Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm calling from Vegas, my friend. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Are you guys Are you guys in the coffee uh, game? I didn't know. Uh, did you guys, is there a coffee? Yeah, we are. Oh. We, have, we, we have our own coffee. <laughs> Dude, tell me, I know, I know. hey, everybody, uh, Petter Metal Sucks. I got Mealy from Creator on the phone. Um, just jumping in the conversation, if we may. Tell me about how that process goes, because, dude, I am a huge fan. And is it still available for people like me in the States and everything like that to get? Yeah, we have this um, cool um, uh, shop in here in Berlin called The Barn. Mm-hmm. And when you go to their website, you can you can get the coffee there or you can also um, get it through our official web store. Um, it's, it's amazing stuff. We, we they, they sent me a couple of like, different flavors and different different. Um, Different like 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 uh, stuff that they have when they have new stuff they send it to me and then they ask me uh, whether or not I would like to have those as a creator um, coffee blend and I'm I'm really really um, happy that we found that because I'm also addicted to coffee that's my I guess that's only that's my only addiction probably not addiction but I can go like three or four days without coffee if I wanted to but I don't want to. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I've, I've stopped. Uh, this was years ago when my wife was pregnant. She's like, I can't have any more coffee. So I stopped with her. And the headaches mm-hmm. that I had for like 10 days were like <laughs> the worst I've ever had. So I, 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 be just, I don't want anybody with real addictions to say, oh, I'm just being whatever. I'm telling you, man, it, the caffeine getting it out of your system. There is a, uh, I don't know what what I'm trying to look at. There is a process to it that your body's like, dude, come on. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. But what also works is ginger shots. Ginger shots, to me, wake me up even better than coffee. But I still have coffees after the ginger shots. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not unhealthy to drink coffee. Only if you drink too much. And I drink like maybe three three cups a day. That that should be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, and the, I used to do it throughout the day. Now I, th- I feel like I do them all in the morning. Like I just need that morning boost. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the day, I'm like, I'm good with it. But man, that's beautiful, dude. I didn't know that. So I am good. You're going to see my name on the list to get some of that creator coffee. Because dude, I love, <laughs> I love the heavy metal brand coffee, man. It's just like, it, it's a different way to support you guys, you know, like the, the artists that yeah, we love. Yeah. And it's something that's like, yeah. it's like I want. So it's great, man. Have you tried any other brands of coffee? Because I've tried uh, quite a few as far as metal bands mm-hmm. go. Is there any of them mm-hmm. that you're, you're like, dude, this one was really good and, and you had to meet that level? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, um, my friend Naga sent me his um, the Behemoth coffee. That was pretty, actually pretty good. And um, um, But I think the creator, not that I'm, not, you know, I think the creator coffee is better because I like the, see, the thing was, um, when we were meeting up um, with my management, uh, Adam Foster from 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 uh, the UK, he came to Berlin all the time, and we always went to that coffee shop, the barn, and we were like, "This is the best coffee ever." And then they approached us and asked us if we would like to have a, a coffee with them. So it was win-win situation, and, uh, and and I was so mind blown that they were like, "Yeah, we want to do a collaboration with you guys." And uh, this is actually. Uh, uh, the 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 barn coffee was my coffee before we even worked with them. Dude, 
Nice, man. So, yeah, man, I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Fans, that's not the reason me, me and Millie are talking right now, but make sure you're getting some of this creator coffee because I'm going to order me some right now. But the reason <laughs> that me or you are chatting, man, the celebration, come on, man, 15th record. Dude, so excited. Hate Uber Atlas. It's out right now, guys. It just came out this past week, dude. Um, first, and, and, you know, I always try to listen to a record first spin. I don't know the song titles. I just want to get the feel. I want to get the voice and, and kind of just the vibe and I really got the vibe that you had like it was a mix of that strange old school thrash that you guys used to do and the melodic like modern creator stuff that we've been getting like with gods of violence in the last couple of records was that on purpose or is just is that just how you guys are when you're challenging yourself to create a new record first and foremost it's always hard to to especially it gets harder and harder when you as you go um having this being up for 15th record, of course, we, we ask ourselves, what can we still try to express and how can we express it? And how can we stay exciting and fresh without without straying too far away from our style and be creator at the same time? So first and foremost, we need to enjoy the songs that we write as a band. And um, when we get a bunch of them together, we, we try to... Try to um, come up with a concept and I, I, I write the lyrics most of the time and the songs presented to the band. For this album, I had like 20 songs. So we, we picked the 10 best ones um, and worked on uh, and worked and arranged and rearranged. And uh, it, it took us over a year since, of course, the pandemic hit. So we had some time, extra time on our hands. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I, it, was a, it was a long process, but it was definitely worth um, the extra... Um, amount of work that we put into it because I think um, the album has a, like a very nice flow. It's not too long, it's not too short, and it has all the elements that creators known for and more. It's like fresh metal with a twist. Yeah, man. No, I can agree with you completely. And you did bring up the pandemic, and a lot of times bands do kind of live on like a deadline where they have to go there. Now the pandemic threw that all out the window where there wasn't really a deadline for the music. Did you have to personally make deadlines or do you just, have you always been kind of the guy that likes to work when you're ready? Um, yeah, you never know when you're ready. I mean, the demos were all recorded, the band demos. I'm sorry, you know, there's always two kinds of demos. I have my own digital demos without the band with drum computers and digital bass and all that stuff. But then I have, um, and I have um, uh, the band demos and the band demos, um, were done in 2020, hmm. the end of the year, I think, in October. So then the second lockdown came, and we had to go like, okay, are we going to release an album without being able to go on tour? Are we going to wait a little more? So we had this extra time, um, almost almost another year, to, to rework the songs. Um, during that time, the title came to me, the song title of the title track and the album title came to me. And... Uh, so it was definitely good to have that extra time, but I would have probably found that title. I don't know if I would have, but I would have. I hope I would have found that title, even if we would have gone into the studio earlier. So um, it's 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 been it's been uh, it's been an interesting time. Let me put it this way. Mm. And when there is an interesting time, lyrics. I always felt uh, they, they have a, a stronger presence for us, you know, because we're listening to them a little bit closely. Um, was the lyrical process um, easier, more difficult for this record? I mean, all the feelings that we were feeling, I'm imagining that you're channeling in a lot of ways uh, on a lot of these tracks. Absolutely. 
Um, most of, some of the lyrics were written before the pandemic came, and some of them weren't. Um, but there's a lot of the influence. Uh, I think what it really was, I mean, I, I tried not to lose my mind, and I tried not to lose my enthusiasm for, for the music. I tried not to, um, to, I tried to stay sane, basically, um, without thinking too much what was, what was happening at the time. It was, it was a mess for all of us, especially for musicians that weren't able to, to go play for the fans. And that kind of, it was kind of sad because, see, I, I, I read um, a lot of interviews from other bands where they go like, oh, you know what, we had all this time and it, it was so inspiring. To me, it wasn't really that inspiring because I need to go out and play and get the reaction of the crowd and I, get, I need to get the, 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 the vibe and the feel for the music um, in a live situation. And then we couldn't do that. So I wasn't inspired. It wasn't like, oh, this is so quiet and every, everybody's in lockdown. So I'm super extra inspired. I, it wasn't the case. Um, I could have lived without the pandemic, but you know, it, it hit us all and it's, uh, it's on its way to go, to disappear hopefully. And, um, um, things are opening back up. We're going on the festival on, mm. we're playing on a festival on Saturday. We're playing a lot of like, uh, European festivals at the moment and it's good to be back, you know? Yeah, dude. And, and that's something that I, I, I reiterate on the show is that I pre pre pandemic, I mean, I took it for granted live music. I never really thought, yeah, it was, it was a weird, like, I don't, don't, like, you know how you live your life and you're like, all right, tell me the rules so I can play the game and, you know, we'll figure it out. It's like, that was one of the rules I never thought I'd not live with that I totally jumped into the live stream thing and I did like it. And I do think that there is a cool way to do live streams. There was a lot of bands that did like, uh, like, you know, deep cuts, things like that. So they were cool. You know, mm-hmm. I was yeah. in I was in my underwear watching a live band. It was great, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, the, that's not like the real thing. Exactly. Right. The second I went to and the first show I went to, I, I've told it, it was a it was a festival. I went to Psycho Vegas out here, mm-hmm. and I mean, man, I've never smiled so hard. My face hurt from smiling, and I had a mask on the whole time. <laughs> you know, I was like, every, it didn't matter who was on that stage. I'm like, yes, it's loud. You know, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. we're, we're still the same way. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And you're, I mean, fan now, first. Going, going, back to, going back to concerts now, you know, here in Berlin, I went to see Muse there on the mm, weekend. Nice. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was amazing. It's good to be back. You know, it's good to see people smile again without the mask on. You know? it's, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all like outdoors festivals where we're all safe. And, you know, hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, dude. And uh, I know that, you, like you said, the festival circuit start and you guys got your first one coming up this Saturday. And uh, you're going to just see all those. I don't know if you're used to seeing a bunch of smiling faces in metal crowds. <laughs> but Absolutely. <laughs> you're going to see it now. Like, just like, hey, it's like Disneyland. It's so fun, man. It's so fun. So that that is, that is going to be. And that's and it just shows, you know, there's a lot of negativity sometimes. But it just shows how tight-knit our community is, like our, us metal fans and how much we love you, mm-hmm. like our bands and our it's the whole thing that works out. You know, it just it just shows that, man, we found each other on those days you yeah know? it's a beautiful thing absolutely it's a beautiful it is. thing absolutely totally and, agree with you and uh so as we're talking on the tracks and stuff like that with the new record i want to promote it one more time guys hate uber alice is out right now make sure you guys are getting your hands on it but there's a track called become immortal that as lyrically i just keep singing it it's a catchy tune but is that song about nostalgia and is that was that always a goal when you started the band back in you know the early 80s I, I don't think it's a nostalgic song. It's more like a looking back 
without staring back. There's mm. people that tend to go like, oh, you know, the old times back in the day. I'm like, no, that's not what Become Immortals should stand for. Um, to me, it's a song about um, the beginning of the band and how we still play songs from the 80s and we still play those songs and people still remember these songs and and we keep it all alive and then once we're, we're gone and uh, in, in, in 100 years or whatever, there's going to be other bands that carry that carry the torch and um, take over. And um, it's like this, 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 like you said, this metal community has this strong, um, yeah, it's, it's like it's like a generational mm. thing. There's been people before us, and there will be people, people after us, and there will be great bands after us. And um, and um, so it, it's great to be a part of it, and we just wanted to celebrate. We never did that. We never did write a song about um, our past uh, because I thought, always thought it could be be a little corny maybe and a little um cheesy but i think on the becoming model it's quite cool absolutely man like and that's a, that's the thing is that when, when you guys put out a record whether it be like you know gods of violence or whatever you guys are always a band that i can trust to give me some of those tracks live you know and then eventually they become a part of that set list and you know we appreciate them very very much that's such an important part for me because i always say the, the ending of an album cycle to me is when i get to see you guys live and I get to hear those songs. That's what makes me remember that tour. Oh, yeah, I remember when I saw that Gods of Violence live, man. That was my first time. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, yeah. it's super important. Uh, now, on this record, what song are you, like, really clamoring to give up here to the fans and be like, this is one that I want the fans to jump on and be a part of the set list for future and future? Mm, I think there will be the singles that we put out mm -hmm. will probably end up on the set list. Um, at this point in time, we're playing festivals and we're not really playing so many. We play the title track at this point mm. um, at the festivals because we're, we're planning on going. We're going on a big tour with Lamb of God in the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And we're planning on something to come over to the States in, I think, October, November. So um, um, we'll see what happens. Um, but um, I think there will, basic, there will definitely be Hate Over Alles, Become Immortal, um, uh, strongest of the strong will be in the set and also um uh midnight sun maybe we'll see you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. we'll have to figure it out once we go on tour and play these songs beautiful man yeah and you brought up the the song this the the music video you guys did was inspired by uh the film midsummer which uh the Ari yeah. oster film and uh mm -hmm. i I am, yes. I am on the the fence where i thought that was a better film than hereditary what are your thoughts on that mm -hmm. it's different um, I, I thought the hereditary was uh, okay, but I didn't get it the first time when I watched it. I thought it was kind of like this, not not what I thought it, because it had a huge hype around it. Mm -hmm. And then after I watched Midsommar, I watched it again, and, I, and then I got it. So, uh, it. It's a very occult, very evil and dark movie. Um, um, so I think those movies are totally different, And but he's one of the most interesting. It's an interesting directors at, in the genre at this point, and hopefully he'll he'll come, he'll he'll give us some some more great stuff. I mean, I, I really love Midsummer. I thought that was very um uh, very like scary in a way. No more not scary, like but disturbing. Bro, yeah, I'm the sunshine horror. 
is is so weird to me. Absolutely. You know, like so in that yeah, film was that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took the same journey you took. I watched Hereditary. I'm like, well, I don't get this at all. It it feels like a mm-hmm. long student film. I didn't get it. And then I watched Midsummer. I'm like, whoa, this one hit me good. And so I went back to watch it, and I I I I, I got it much more. But I still the same issues I had. But you're right. The, the 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 main thing that I got is that the focal point is that this director is someone I pay attention to. Um, the music video yeah. is really cool um, as well. And um, so tell me about the story behind that. Was that pitched to you or was that an idea that you brought in? I brought that mm. idea in. And I had this director that um, took us to South Africa to do a couple of videos. Um, I think we did um, two videos there. And... Um, um, the story is loosely based on the movie, but it's not the same story. It's more like uh, um, our interpretation, and it's 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 um, uh, loosely influenced. And it's of course also in the in the, in the sunshine. It's a bright light, and it's like it's like a cult, and it's like it's a little a different little strange story that we thought about. Um, me and the director Tom Schlafam that did the video with, and um, um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a cool little video. Yeah, no, I thought it turned out great, man. I love storytelling type of videos and stuff like that, and that's because it shows there's an effort. It lets me, you know, kind of get into there, and it it really fit with the song. You know, that's another really important thing to me uh, that the visuals make I, sense. I totally agree. Yeah, with with I what totally I'm hearing. Agree. Yeah. So, and you guys, you guys nailed it. So, everybody, make sure you're checking that out as well. You know, and so when we go back to the career that you've had since '85, when the first record came out, there are so many bands because you're a fan first. I'm assuming we're all fans first, right? Uh, you mean music? Music fans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so when you get to tour with all the bands that you have in your career, I mean, it's a long career. Was there ever a band that you were super into and that you did not get to to get on that touring package with you that you tried that you're like, man, I just want to watch these guys on the sideline like through all these years that might have broken up or members, whatever like that? <laughs> Do you have any kind of memories of like a band that you're like, man, I just really wish... I got to see that band or, or share a stage with them. Well, I, I don't know if you remember, um, but there was a tour called Clash of the Titans in 1991 or 92, mm-hmm. and we were all, we got we got a slot offered, and then we didn't get the slot. And I thought that was the only time that I was like, "Fuck, man, this would have been such a cool tour." And I don't know who was on it, but the Creme de la Creme of Fresh Metal was on it at the time, yeah. and. Um, I think uh, Ellison Chains got the opening slot. Yeah, it was um, Megadeth, uh, Suicidal Tendencies, Exodus, and Allison Chains. Oh man, I can't remember. Uh, maybe, maybe it was maybe it was Anthrax or Slayer. A- uh, Anthrax is no, on there the, too. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I can't remember. Uh, I gotcha. recall, but it was one of those huge tours in the U.S. And I thought that that would have been a great tour, but then it uh, for some reason we didn't get to, uh, on that bill. Uh, but there's not no re- re- regrets there. It's just like okay, bummer. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to see Allison Chains with Lane Staley live? No, unfortunately not. Yeah, me neither. But I, I, we play with them for some reason. We play with them on European festivals all the time, and I get to see them with their new singer, which I also really like. Oh, I also yeah. think he's a he's a great singer. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, I had one shot, and they were opening for Metallica. It was uh, in like '93 mm-hmm. or '94, and then. 
they canceled the day of the that the show. I can't remember. I was a, I was a young kid, man. I was like a teenager. And then the opening act ended up being Fight with uh, Rob Halford. So I was stoked, you know. Oh, but uh, <laughs> so I got to see Fight, but I never yeah, I never got to see the Allison Chains. Now I've seen him with William Duvall, the singer. Amazing. Amazing, you know. But yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely. there's this uh just this part of me that there, that's one of those bands like obviously I've never, I don't know about obviously, but I've never seen Nirvana, I've never seen Alice in Chains and a lot of those bands that Unfortunately, I have never seen any of those bands. Yeah. Um, for some reason I, I I was always either on tour or busy or whatever and uh, um but I know that Nirvana has played like very small clubs before they broke big or in here over here in uh, Germany yeah. and I just missed it. That's I, I got a lot of regrets of missing shows because I had to work the next day. Like now, after the pandemic, yeah. you're like, son of a bitch, why didn't you see Typo? You know, like, <laughs> you, know, so, <laughs> you know, like what happened, dude? Why did you do that? Oh, I had to work the next day. That's bullshit, man. <laughs> you know, like, so, but yeah, I, I do have those things. I got, you know, there's a, there's a few and then there's a few that, you know, they're just before my time and uh, I never, I never got the chance. But uh, for the most part, as a fan, I, I can say I've seen like 99% of, of the bands that I love so much, man. And that's the cool thing, especially with these festivals, man. Especially with the yeah. festivals, over um, here in Europe, we're also spoiled with festivals. There's mm-hmm. so many, all the American bands and all the international acts are coming, and it's great. Mm, yeah, dude. And when did that start? Was I mean, because obviously I'm not out there, but didn't that start like maybe in the late '90s, where all the festivals started happening, um, and like every for summer? Some re- mm-hmm. For some reason, the '90s, beginning of the '90s, there was hardly any festivals. So mm-hmm. it's like maybe a few that we could get to play and. Um, and Dynamo was always there, the Dynamo Festival, and um, but that was the only one. And um, so after that, Dynamo was still there, and in the end of the 90s, or mid-90s, Wacken came, and that started as a very small festival, and it grew. Then, all of a sudden, it felt like there's a metal festival all over Germany every weekend, and uh, so... Now it, it feels like there's metal festivals all summer, all over Europe, which is a great thing, you know. Um, it's always fun to play those those those, those festival runs um, because you're always outside. It's always it's always a good time. It's always like people are really like relaxed, and it's the, the shows are always good. And uh, so yeah, we're on the, on the second show now um, on this weekend. Mm. Uh, of the no the third the third festival that we play this year, and um, I hope it will be good. Oh, it's going to be great. I, I feel like those festivals, when they started up in Europe, they gave metal the resurgence, right? And then you had all this, like... Absolutely. And, and that's what we needed, man, back then. Like, that was what we needed, is just to be like, hey, find our people, put us together. Like, there's 30,000 of us. Give us a bunch of the yeah. bands and go for it. And, like, for us yeah. in the States, I, I feel like OzFest did that um, through the late 90s, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, growing up early, that just wasn't a thing. You know, it just it was like a package tour, and and so, yeah. Um, and for me, like we brought up Las Vegas, this Psycho Vegas thing, man, I got to tell you, it's like it's like summer camp. It's the greatest thing ever for me. It, you know, I, I'm so happy I got something like that in my town. You know, and then all the people that come over and all the bands and all that stuff. It's a beautiful thing, dude, and it just reiterates why you love this scene every year for me. Yeah, you know, and yes. that's yeah. that's what we needed, man. Was it more competitive maybe before all that? 
where bands weren't as tight as they are now? Because it seems like all everybody gets along now. Everybody's in a great place. Did it feel a little less that prior to the kind of the festival experience where everybody got to know each other and stuff? That's a good question. Mm. That's, a, that's actually a very good question. I think it was just more of a mysterious vibe around certain bands mm. you've never played with, maybe. And uh, um, but then when the festivals, when they came to the European festivals, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, we got to meet all these bands that we've all, we never could see live because we're also on tour that we never run into. Um, um, but not, but then when the festivals came, you got you hung out backstage with all of your um, teenage idols, and it was like wow, and uh, and it still is, it still is to me. I'm like like I said, I'm still uh, a fan of metal, and I, I love metal, and I, I it's still mind blowing to be, um, on the, you know, eye to eye with some of my heroes from from back in the day. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Who who's the best barbecuer at those festivals? That's in a band. Who who? If you see them got the barbecue pit out, you're like, I'm going right over there. Who is it? It's Schmier, isn't it? I, I, who's that, Schmier? It's Schmier. I heard he was great at barbecuing. I think he probably is. He probably is. Um, um, I have never seen him barbecuing at any festival. I got. I had to ask him about that. <laughs> Dude, he, he he brought it up to me. Like he he does like some cooking thing on YouTube, and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's this he's about, man? Great. And he he told me he's, yeah, he, like, he challenges anybody to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's a great cook too, and he's a. He used to run his own pizza place in the '90s, and and um, yeah, he's 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 one of the coolest guys in metal anyway, and uh, he's also a great cook. Yeah, man, do you barbecue at the festivals, or are you are you, who in the band? No, 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 no you I'm, guys don't. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not. I mean, I'm we're, we're like taking the catering. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would too. Don't worry about it. I don't want to do work. <laughs> right. uh, it's, not, it's, it's just like. I, 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 it's, it's a good idea, actually, but there's always like caterers sometimes barbecuing on the sides or in the on, on, on the campsites. There's a lot of barbecuing happening, but we're we're getting like food in the backstage area, and we're it, it's it's actually quite boring when you go uh, festival backstage um, area. There's the other bands are by themselves preparing for the show most of the times and. Being healthy, being really focused, and that's 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 the festival reality nowadays. Yeah, dude, and that's something you did bring up. the The older you get, myself included, like staying healthy, mm-hmm. getting prepared for a show. Do you have a routine mm-hmm. that you've got to put yourself in before you guys do for a long tour? Is there like a diet, mm-hmm. a regimen, and all that stuff that you have to follow at this point so you can give the audience the best version? Uh, I, I, I I'm I'm constantly doing that. I'm. I'm a health freak, and I, I really love um, being living a healthy lifestyle. And I think on tour, sometimes it's a bummer because I, I find the gym every day, and I try to really, really work out every day. But sometimes it's just not ha- uh, possible because you're in the middle of nowhere, and you get there late. So um, being on tour, like on tour, th- there's a routine. But being on a festival run, sometimes it's hard. Mm. What is, uh, I'm a jump roper. When I have nothing to do, mm-hmm. I've been doing that, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why, man. Mentally, everything like that, it just gets me. It really, is great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, I bring my own stuff also. I bring oh, yeah. my my uh, yoga mat. I, I do little stretch. I mean, I do yoga every day yeah. if I can, and uh, 
I, I have uh, I used a hotel gym and I use like very little um equipment. I I'm, I'm more like a you know when it comes to uh, fitness, I, I do like body weight stuff, yes. and uh, you can do that anywhere, anytime. So it's, it's this is this is the, the thing that really keeps me in shape, and uh, but you have to be disciplined, and sometimes you're so tired on a tour that you're like, fuck, oh, man, do I now work out or do I sleep and then take the show as a workout? You know, uh, it's it's sometimes hard, but I I I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at being doing at least like one hour a day or something. You know beautiful yeah no rest days rest times it's part of it's part of staying mm-hmm. in shape yeah if you go too far you're completely right Absolutely. let me ask you this one more question on this and then we'll move on because i know my time's about to run out man but yoga wise do you drink your creator coffee and then do yoga or do you have to do yoga with no coffee in you no coffee no yeah coffee. that's what i thought um, <laughs> um, it's, it's 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 hard i mean sometimes if i if i have yoga at like 12 o'clock at noon or something then I have a coffee at, like, say, 10 or something. Yeah. You know, then it works. But I cannot have my coffee before I do yoga. I, I don't even eat anything. I'm, I'm totally, like, no breakfast, no nothing. Yeah. That's that's all I, I've, I'm, the, I'm the same. I've done it where I've done the coffee, and I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm doing anything right. I'm all jittery. I feel my heart. You know, like, it's... Yeah, it's, it's you're, like, you're thinking too much because it's, like, it, 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 it does something to you. It's not like a... It's not a drug, but it, it's a stimulant, mm-hmm. and so it's like you're a little, you're, you're not, you're, you're not like a hundred percent yourself. It's not that it, that it affects you in any way, but when you do yoga, yes, it does. Yeah, yoga, meditation, which I I, I practice as well. I remember doing coffee yeah, and being yeah. like, "What am I doing, man?" Like, you know, like, no, 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 you can't no, do none of that, man. No. <laughs> Trial and error, right? You try to. I always, I'm that kind of person that tries to force two things I like at once, not like realizing, "Hey, dude, you're not experiencing any of them right right now." <laughs> so I've done that. So it's just the way sometimes it is. When you get sometimes when you get re- really get into the yoga, it's almost, it almost has this meditative mm-hmm. uh, meditation effect on me. And of course, it, yoga to me always works best. Like meditation always works best as a part of yoga if i do it in the end of the yoga session you know and i have like two minutes or five minutes of just clearing my mind it works wonders uh, dude, I'm with you 100. percent If when I do the yoga, the meditation in the in the morning, then I write down a list for my day. My head's clear. I'm like, this is all you got to do, and it's just like it, I don't know. It makes my mind feel like it's working correctly. Um, yeah, dude, I, I promote it all day long. But the thing I'm here to promote, and I'm super excited, and I thank you for, man, my friend, is the new Creator Record, guys. Hate Uber Alice. It's out right now can't stop listening to it love it man and the touring is going all through europe guys festival dates make sure you're catching creator and then as he mentioned in europe they got a big tour in the fall with lamb of god but you guys are touring like from september there's like a bunch of tours going on right now and then i know you're coming out to mexico you mentioned there might be some u.s dates later but dude you guys have got it booked for this year for this record to support it i'm super excited for you man I'm so proud of this mm-hmm. album. It's going to be awesome for us fans to put our ears to. So with that, I want to thank you so much, Mealy, for calling in here to the Metal Sucks Podcast. All right. Thank you very much, man. Thank you.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. My empire feeds on me. First two songs you heard is off the latest record from Creator, their 15th, Hate Uber Alice. First track is the title song. Second track we talked about in the interview, Become Immortal, guys. Make sure you are picking up the record. It is out right now, man. It is awesome. Europe, check out those festival dates. Check out those dates um, in the fall with Lamb of God. Don't miss Creator on this tour and hear some of these songs live. It's going to be 
excellent, guys. Third song you heard is from the one and only Lord of the Lost. They just put out a new EP, guys, The Heartbeat of the Devil. That is the title track to that EP. Make sure you guys are checking that band out. If you never heard Lord of the Lost's new EP, The Heartbeat of the Devil is out now. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there. For the five-star reviews, we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. That's all we ask for as a podcast team. If you guys get the time, go over to Apple iTunes. Click on five stars. No words, no comments. We don't care. None of that matters. You know, the five stars is all we ask for, and we will truly appreciate that. And also, uh, support for our other podcasts. That that podcast is Rise to Offend. We do a documentary discussion podcast on all these creatives that are deemed defensive and how they look like today in society. If you guys are interested in that podcast, go over to Rise to Offend. It's on it's on all the same platforms that Metal Sucks is, dude, and check it out. And we don't that if you give that a five star review, that don't hurt our feelings either. All right. So with that, <laughs> Sylvia. Yeah. Tell tell them goodbye and that you like them. Oh. Like like that? Like, like hey, goodbye and I like you. We'll see you guys next week. You guys are the best. Oh. You guys are the best, and thank you so much for listening to us, being annoying negatives, and we'll talk to you next week. That was good. Was it? That was good. Are you sure? (laughs) I coached you on the first part, but you added the second part. That's what I wanted. So until next week, guys, see you. Ah. (laughs) The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.